Hello, my fellow seasoned athletes, and welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. The Seasoned Athlete Podcast is your home for stories, inspiration, motivation, training tips, and more directly from elite athletes from a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We're here to prove one story at a time that age doesn't have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. You can learn more about this podcast at seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, please subscribe, share with everyone you know, and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts. And now, on with the show. Well, here we are, the official episode one of the Season Athlete Podcast, and I'm super excited to introduce my very first guest, firefighter and American Ninja Warrior, Selena Laniel. Hi, Selena. Hi. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners today? Of course I am. I love it. You are Selena Laniel, single mom, firefighter for the city of San Diego, acrobat and performer, and American Ninja Warrior. You've appeared on seasons four, six, and seven of the show, and will be back to take on the American Ninja Warrior course for season nine, airing this summer on NBC. You are also a competitor on seasons one and two of Team Ninja Warrior, where previous contestants face off against each other in teams of three. Is there anything vital, personally, professionally, or from your athletic life that you'd like to take a moment to fill in? No, I think you covered it pretty good. All right. (laughs) I feel good about my intro skills. That's right. So from here, I'm going to ask you the big question that I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? I am 42. I love it. So let's start at the beginning. When did you start playing sports and what did your early athletic life look like? Oh, God, I don't think I can remember when I started. Um, I've always been in sports some way, shape or form, I guess. Um, I started gymnastics, ballet, gymnastics when I was like four years old. Um, that's where my acrobatic background comes from. I did gymnastics for a few years. Uh, I crossed it with some TNT, which is trampoline, tumbling, uh, and double mini. So I did that competitively, um, which I crossed again with a different sport, which is, which was uh, equestrian show jumping, which is the sport that I decided to choose and become my sport of choice till I was like 19, 20 or so did that at a national level for pretty much all my life. Very cool. I love that you kind of had this sort of daredevil start, like all your, all your sports (laughs) of choice involved, you know, a little bit of a daredevil type of attitude. I, I used to ride horses, but I never got into show jumping. And I think I always regretted never getting into show jumping, but I think I was a little more timid as a kid and became more of a daredevil as I got older. But if you're going to, if you're going to be a ninja warrior, like it's good to have that, that attitude that nothing scares you. Right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So after you stopped with the show jumping, did you do anything after that? Um, actually when I stopped the show jumping is when I become a, when I became a performer, an acrobat, I kind of just quit one to go to the next. Um, I had been, you know, on horses competitively, um, since I was about six years old, And that takes like seven days a week and just is so time consuming because, you know, the horses are dependent on us. So um, I kind of just it it took my entire life. So when I was um, 19, 18 or 18, my parents uh, were not going to support it anymore because it's such an expensive sport. And um, I worked in it for a while, but uh, it it took its toll. Like I, I had realized I just never had done really anything else. And my sister at the time was a, an acrobat, a performer for a company, and she was headed out to China for a three-month contract, and they were still missing one girl. So I 
decided to give it a try, I guess. I went, auditioned, and um, they sent me. So I I was 19 when I started doing the acrobatic stuff. So what kind of acrobatic stuff did you do or do you still do? Yeah, I still do it. I still do it uh, contract-wise, uh, not full-time, obviously. But um, it's uh, diving, high diving, bungee trapeze, uh, tumbling, trampoline, and some stilt walking and some fun stuff. Oh, I love it. Oh, you're living, you're living a life I kind of wish I was living right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool. Um, and again, just living that daredevil dream right there, starting, starting with gymnastics, moving into show jumping, and just getting bigger and bigger till we get to American Ninja Warrior. So um, tell me how you found your way there. Um, that's kind of funny. Um, I was actually performing. I was trying to go fire at the time. I was trying to uh, make it into the fire service. But here in San Diego, there was a big hiring freeze and nothing was moving. And I, I mean, my kids are here, so I didn't have the opportunity to go and test anywhere else. So I kind of had to find a job here while I was waiting for the fire service. And I started performing for a company out of Orlando, but we had a contract at SeaWorld in the dolphin show. So I was a diver, a performer at SeaWorld for a few years. And I mean, I don't know if it's word of mouth or how it got around, but I actually got a phone call from them from Ninja Warrior uh, season four, which back in season four, it was still G4. It was not big in NBC. Oh, right. Yeah. So um, they contacted me and they were looking for women that would love to give it a shot. So that's kind of how it fell on my lap. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, anything like that sounds like so much fun. To me. <laughs> so that's when I actually uh, tried it out for the first time. So did you, they called you, but did you have to submit a video or attend a tryout or anything like that? Actually, I did. I mean, they called me, but the, the process was still the same. It was still submission, the paperwork, the video, and then casting has to go through everything and then select who they want. So the process was the same, but they still contacted me. I had, I didn't have much knowledge of the show at the time. What was your experience like in that first season? That first season, actually, it was, it, it was a great experience. Um, back when it was season four, it still filmed daytime. I mean, now it all films overnights, you know, back at season four was the last year where it filmed during the day. So I was able to bring my kids with me um, at the time, which they were a lot younger, but it was really cool to have them there with me and just, you know, go through the whole process of waiting for my number, finding out when I was going to run, um, just running during the day, you know, it was great to have my kids there. It was, it's actually the only time I've had both my kids at the same time, um, at the course when I was competing because being that it's overnight now, it's so hard to bring them with me. Sure. Um, sure. so so it was like, it was like, for me, it was an unforgettable season because of the fact that it was my first, um, I had my kids, it was my first experience meeting everybody. And some of the guys were already veterans of the show. So it was like, it was eye opening. Like it was such a great experience. And then I got the opportunity that year. Um, they brought us four, they brought four females back as wild cards in Vegas. So I got to go compete in Vegas also. And, um, I took the top female spot that year, which was pretty sweet. Awesome. You know? Yeah, it was just a great experience. How cool. So what is it about American Ninja Warrior and this type of competition that made you fall in love with it? Um, well, originally, obviously, originally it was a challenge of it. Uh, the unknown to me is a big factor. I love getting myself into things that I've no clue what I'm doing. I'm kind of gathering that um, from you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you, you're like, okay, I'll do it. Cool. I'm like, yeah, I'll give it a shot, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I like the fact that it challenged me a lot physically because it was all things that were different to me. Yeah, I'm an acrobat and yeah, I had a horseback riding in my background, gymnastics, whatever. But this was completely different. I mean, it, it required a lot of combinations of upper body and balance and strength. And so 
that whole aspect of it was a big like attraction to me. That's what attracted me to it originally. And, um, I would say now what attracts me the most is the whole community of the, of Ninja Warrior is all the people. And I've, I've had very peripheral connection to that. I've done some testing for Ninja Warrior. Um, full disclosure, I've done some falling in water, for American Ninja Warrior <laughs> and Team Ninja Warrior, I have not actually oh, completed man. an obstacle. I and and it's so I love your fearlessness and and talking about how it's unlike anything you've ever done because it's true. They you know you don't get to see the course. It's different every time. It's crazy. Like the things that they come up with mm-hmm. are are yeah. nuts. And I go out there just to test. And I, it terrifies me. Like, I'm like, are you kidding? I'm supposed to go up there and then and then grab onto this and okay. And then I just fall in water. So yeah, I, I get, I get that appeal that it's like, you can train for it as much as you want. And there's certain things that you can train for, but when you get there, you don't know what you're going to get. You do, you never know what you're going to get. And like you said, you can train as much as you want, but it's such a hit or miss on the day that you're actually going to compete and all the factors and everything that comes into play you know i mean you don't know what you're gonna get the weather comes in you're running the course at 3 4 a.m i mean there's so many things that come into play and and you, there's no margin for error at all right you know one slip and that's it you're out you're that, that was your attempt yep. yeah that yay <laughs> nice try yeah you could train for months and it can be done in three seconds yeah exactly so and and proof is it takes out a lot of veterans you know a lot of people that are you know, chosen their uh, favorites to complete a course, fall on the second obstacle. And you're like, what just happened? But people don't realize that it's just, it's just such a hit or miss. It's random. Yeah. And I think that's what makes the show so interesting too, because there are names that people have become names in this circuit, in this community. And, you know, they might've gone all the way, you know, one year or, or, you know, made it super far. And then the next year they drop on the first obstacle and it's shocking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's shocking. But it's like I said, it's like a hit or miss. Like it doesn't matter who or where you come from. It's like, it's either going to be it's the stars align or they don't. Right, exactly. And you mentioned the community and I, I kind of was going there for a second and then drifted away. But when I came when I went out and tested, I saw, you know, I get to to kind of experience the community and I see how tight everybody is with each other in the community. And I actually found out about you through a member of the community, through another member of the community. So I meet one person at testing and that person tells me about another person who led me to you. So Obviously, this community is tight knit and and very supportive of each other, which I think is incredibly cool. It's honestly, it's very surprising because it's a competitive. It's competitive, you know. We're all running to complete. We're all running to to be the fastest or to hit the buzzer or do something. So, it as competitive as it is, I've never been part of of something where everybody and like everybody supports everybody and everybody's there cheering on the next person and even if that person ended up falling on the first obstacle they turn around and they cheer as hard as they can for the next person going you know the the support and the the i mean i guess the love that that surrounds this whole ninja community is like something i had i had never experienced it you know i've always been in competitive sports you're always competing against the next everybody kind of gives the other one a bit of a stink eye but it doesn't work this way the ninja community everybody's tight everybody's helping out everybody i mean you can go across the u.s and end up in a different state i'm in san diego i could call somebody up just even put a facebook post and say hey i'm in texas i want to train and god so many ninjas will reach out you know it's like 
it's the best community I've ever been a part of. Yeah. And I'm seeing that more and more. I'm, I, I'm getting involved in the Spartan race community, which is almost, almost like a sister community to the Ninja community. And I, and I, and I see that there and I come from roller derby and I see that there. Um, so it's almost like this modern phenomenon of, of people all in this together. And especially, yeah. I especially notice it in, in sports where it's almost as if the main competition is yourself, um, where, you know, you're in, in Ninja Warrior, unless you're doing Team Ninja Warrior, it's just you out there on that course and everybody wants the best time. But when you're out there, you're not running against anybody else. You're just running against yourself. And I think people, people understand what that's like and support that. Yeah. Yeah. So, We've been talking a lot about Ninja Warrior, but it's possible that people listening might not even know what it is, which is shocking to me, but maybe that <laughs> happens. So for those who have not seen the show, what is American Ninja Warrior and uh, what is what is the process that one goes through to get on the show? And then once you're on, once you do your first run, like what are the steps? What are you trying to achieve? So it's obviously it's an obstacle base uh, show. It's an obstacle course. You, it always ends with the warp wall which is that wall that everybody talks about. Uh, beat that first wall. Obstacles. Beat that wall. Yeah, beat that wall. <laughs> that first obstacle is normally is the same for each region. Each region, the first and last obstacle will be the same. There's different cities that compete. There's different regions you get chosen to compete in. So first obstacle, the steps. Last obstacle, the wall is the same everywhere. After that, the obstacles in between will be different for every city. Every qualifying city has different set of obstacles. Um it this year they had oh my god i can't remember how many people they said they had um they had over i think it's close to 80,000 people applied or something like wow. that if i'm not mistaken this year and what they do is they pick 100 people per region uh you have to complete an application online you got to send in a video um that uh, very short it has to be under 4 minutes and it has to um demonstrate you know your skills how you train, who you are, what you do every day, um, a bit of yourself, your story. And then it goes through casting. Casting gets to pitch to the producers. Producers pick who they want. And if you're top 100, you get to compete, which is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great feeling to be in that list. I'm sure, especially considering how, how competitive just the audition process is at this point. Yeah. And it's getting more and more as as the show's getting bigger as the years go. So they're getting more and more applications and more and more people that are actually training. And, you know, when it originally started, not a lot of people knew about it. You know, people would go and give it a shot. The free runners, parkour people, some some random people. Then you'd have a few climbers, you know, people would just go out and try it. Now these people are committed. I mean, you got people, people are out there just training for this. So the competition is at a completely different level now than it was in its early stages. Um, it's very competitive now. And, um, so yeah, so then once you get on, um, like I said earlier, it films at night. (laughs) So you show up and, uh, you know, you sign in, you get your number, you find out if you're running before midnight or running after midnight, which yeah, it takes its toll. I mean, you're going to be there all night. You're there cheering on or sleeping or doing whatever you can, whatever your ritual is, you know, when it's, when it's your time to go, I mean, you're in the starting gate waiting for the countdown and you give it your best, you know, you give it your shot. Since you've done it several times, I imagine you've had some years where you've gone before midnight and some where you've gone after. When you get that time, you know, if you find out you're before midnight, do you get excited? It's like, OK, I can get this done early. Or do you like to chill and get ready for a later start? You know, it's kind of funny. I think everybody's a little different. Um, you know, obviously, before midnight, you're a little bit more you're a little fresher, I guess, uh, not as tired. 
uh, more on your A game, maybe a little bit. Uh, it's a lot of people prefer before midnight. Uh, I've always gone to after midnight time, except for season seven. Season seven, I ran really early and I hated it. Interesting. I, yeah, I did not like it. And it was actually my worst season uh, that I like I did not do good. And I just didn't like it. Um, I like... I like being around and just getting in his own, um, listening to people, just talking. I, I like I like going after midnight for sure. Yeah. I imagine there might be even some benefit to being able to watch others go and see, you know, what what people did well, what mistakes other people made, things like that. Yeah, they're not I mean, we don't get the opportunity to watch that much. Um they try and they try and keep try our eyes off. Shield as you much from as, the course. They they try, you know. I mean, but we're ninjas. I mean, come on. <laughs> right. <laughs> the sneakiest people around. But, but um there's advantages, you know. I mean when you go first, obviously you don't you don't have the person that just fell come over to you and say, Okay, listen, do not do it this way. You know? Right. right. So there are advantages to going further down the list just so you get a bit more of a just a bit more insight on how it should be done or or not um but like i said a lot of people like to just run their race and run it early and get it done and that's interesting just going into it and not knowing where you're gonna end up in the whole order of things and that's a whole different a whole different level of preparation that you can't really do in the gym you know the whole night thing to me is not a big deal because I mean, I'm, I don't know how many times I'm up at night for work, you know, it's what I do. So being up at night or having to be physically very active in the middle of the night to me is not a big deal. Cause if I get a fire in the middle of the night, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Your training is on the job. Yeah. So I think it helps, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. That, that, that definitely would be an advantage for you as opposed to someone yeah. who works a nine to five. Exactly. Let's talk about some of your different runs on the show over the years. How do you think you've progressed from season to season or what have you learned from season to season that that has helped you get better? I used to find myself like I didn't know much about the show. I didn't know much about the obstacles. And I used to get inside my head a little bit more than I should have trying to figure out how to do it right or, um, you know, because I wanted to do it right or there's so many little things that I was doing. And then I was so hard on myself if I couldn't figure out an obstacle or but this year, actually, I think, and you know what, I think Team Ninja Warrior has helped me with my mentality on this. Um, I used to take a lot of time before obstacles, and I used to, like, sit there contemplating, oh, my God, how am I going to do this one? How am I going to do this? Should I move this leg? Or, oh, my God. And and that's what would get in my head, and that's when I would mess up most of the time is because I just try so hard. Um, I'm not saying that I don't try anymore, but I go with my gut instinct. I don't sit there contemplating different things. Um, I spend a lot less time in front of an obstacle going, oh, my God, now what? You know, I don't let it get inside my head. I look at it. I go, "Okay, that's it. Let's go. And I just go. And I think uh, I think that's what makes the difference now on how I actually perform on the course. And then I just don't, you know, no matter what happens, it's like I'm just grateful that I was on the course, you know, that I was one of the chosen people and that I didn't fail. You know, I mean. Yeah, I didn't complete the course, but I didn't fail. Right. So yeah, I get what you're I get what you're saying. And what you said reminded me of some advice I received about obstacles and that you're never going to get better at an obstacle from staring at it. Mm-hmm. Somebody recently told me that and it's actually really stuck in my head when I go out on and do like Spartan courses. It's like I'm that type of person that will look at it for a while and it's like you're and then I have to remember you're never going to get better at an obstacle from staring at it. So you might as well just go. Yep. 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 That's what I realized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you said you learned that from Team Ninja Warrior. Let's talk about how Team Ninja Warrior is different from American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, it's uh, it's very different, actually. Uh, it's designed a bit more for speed. 
the courses are designed for speed and uh, as it as it says in its name it's a team ninja warrior so we're teams of uh, three two guys and a girl on each team and uh it's a race i mean there's two courses set side by side some of the apps uh some of the obstacles will actually meet up so if you can get on that obstacle first <laughs> that'd be good you know yeah. that, that means you got there faster and you don't if you get there second a lot of the times um it'll mess you up for the rest of your run so if you can get there first it's good and then it's whoever gets the furthest the fastest or whoever hits the buzzer wins their race so you really can't spend a lot of time thinking about anything like you can't spend any time thinking about it like you don't and to me that was like a turning point for my whole ninja career i guess if you want to say it because um i'd competed already three seasons on american ninja warrior yeah or two i'm not sure but the first season of Teen Ninja Warrior is totally what changed my whole perspective on American Ninja Warrior and how I decided to attack the course and just go with it. Like it changed my confidence out there is what it actually did. I realized on team, you know, on American Ninja Warrior, I mean, every season I've always gotten stopped by some random obstacle and I've fallen and it's been like, oh, God, why can't I do this? You know, and on team, I mean, I didn't even think about anything. I was like, you know what? It's just, I got nothing to lose. I was like, whatever. Right. And I just just took off and ran my races and realized that, you know, I'm as capable as anybody else. And I got as far as anybody else. And um, I just didn't have to think about it. I just had to go and trust my instincts. And so that's how that changed the way I ran American Ninja Warriors course. Yeah. I, I imagine Team Ninja Warrior, it's, it's a lot more for fun, right? Like, you're not winning a prize necessarily or trying to play for money. You're you're playing for fun and glory. There There is some money, but it's not comparable. It's, it's nothing close to um, American Ninja Warrior. It, it's just we have so much fun. It's all the top notches, you know, all the top names from American Ninja Warrior um, that get to compete and actually just race. And the, the atmosphere is so different, like the stress level. There's no stress. Everybody's just out there just loving what we do, just running races and obstacles and as much even though we're still a part of a team and you're cheering on your team like everybody's still happy at the end of the day like it makes no difference who moves on who wins who doesn't like at the end of the day everybody's still happy and everybody had a blast it's like a big ninja party it, it is yeah it is it's like a ninja vacation <laughs> true true because it, it generally shoots out in la and a lot of the ninjas don't live out here i actually was in the i did uh audience for one for this past season oh nice so i was out there and i saw the ninjas interacting with each other interacting with the crowd taking pictures just having a good old time out there so that's i yeah that's what it looked like so for this season You've completed your run? For season nine? For season nine. Yeah, I've already run. LA region's always the first region to film. But it has not aired yet, so you probably can't say anything. Not much. Not much. <laughs> can't give specifics on how you did, but can you tell us anything about the overall experience, maybe in semi-vague terms? This year was a really good experience for me. I skipped season eight last year. I went and tested last year, uh, which was a different, completely different thing for me because I'd never tested, but I had a blast. I love testing. Um, but this year was completely different because uh, my mom was actually in town. Uh, she had never been to any of my ninja stuff. And my crew came, which was really cool. And I mean, I have a shaved head and they all shaved their heads. Aww. Yeah, my entire crew came out, shaved their heads, you know, and they were there. And my oldest, I mean, I wasn't supposed to have any kids with me. My oldest surprised me and uh, managed to wiggle her way in and came in to watch also, which was really cool. So, and this year was the first year that I had like a big support group. I normally tend to keep to myself and just go and compete and do my little thing because I, like I said in the past, I always 
felt like I failed when I'd fall. And to me, it was almost like, oh, my God, I suck or I'm an embarrassment or whatever. So I kind of just do my own thing. I just never bring people really to come and support and watch. And this year was the first year where I was like, you know what? I was like, it's such a cool thing. Like I have, I have to share it with people. And, and I, and my crew has always backed me up on it, even though they've never came, they've always been like, Oh, this is so cool. You know, blah, blah, blah. You're and everybody. I mean, everybody thinks it's cool, right? I mean, it's cool. Everybody's like, Oh my God. So it's the first year that I actually had such a big support group. And like I said, my, my oldest was there and my mom. So going on the course this year was just, I just had fun this year. I just had a lot of fun and just went with whatever happened. And it was a great experience this year. That sounds awesome. And it sounds nice that over the years, as you get more and more comfortable in this world, you feel better about having friends and family there to support you. And I imagine that just makes for a better experience. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, that's more of a personal thing for me, because I mean, if you look at everybody, I mean, it's such a big deal to get an American Ninja Warrior, you know, everybody just always has like friends and family and, and everybody's just so happy to be there. I think it was more of a personal thing for me when it first started. I mean, I never heard about it. I just, you know, did my own little thing. And it's just, and then being that it films at night, I've always felt really uncomfortable having people come because I'm like, oh, yeah, you might be up till 5am, you know, have a good night. So I've always been like, "Eh." so I've never really pushed it to bring people. But this year, they were all like, "Uh, yeah, we're not we're not going to be sitting at home. Yeah, they likely tell you it's like, we're cool with staying up till 5am. Do you know how cool this is? Yeah, exactly. So and it's a big thing. And then, like I said, I've always kind of kept it to myself, but it kind of got out a little bit this year in the fire department, you know, NBC, the news, San Diego 7 news and stuff. Everybody kind of did a story on it and it kind of got a little bit bigger. So I got a bit more exposure about it. So I've come to realize that it probably is a bit a lot bigger than I thought. Or I think, you know, to me, I've just been doing it because it's fun. And but it's such a um, it's an inspirational thing to a lot of people, you know, and it's something that a lot of kids look up to. You and it's just so this year I've come to realize I'm like, oh, my God, OK, maybe this is bigger than I thought. Yeah, you're an inspiration to kids. You're an inspiration to older people, people over 40. You know, I, I love watching the show and I love when I hear that somebody's over 40 and doing the course because yeah. it, it's somewhat rare, it seems. So it's really, really cool to see someone who is my age doing something crazy badass. And it gives the rest of us hope that uh, our, our best days aren't past us yet, you know? Oh, God, no, they're not. Yeah. So between being a firefighter and an acrobat, I imagine you've gained a few skills over the years that translate pretty well in the ninja world. What do you find has been the most useful thing you've learned in your work that carries over into the Ninja Warrior course? Um, I think it's the mental aspect, actually. Uh, physically, my job and the acrobatic stuff, um, physically, I mean, it transfers really well to the Ninja World. I mean, I work out daily for work and I do all kinds of stuff physically. So I'm strong, which helps me on the course and my stamina is there and everything's good. But um, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, we get woken up, we get thrown in situations that are unknown. You know, we never know what we're going to face when we're, we're sent to a fire, sent to a rescue or sent to any of those calls. And it's like making these decisions and like they're called split decisions. I mean, obviously, we're, we show up, we see what we have and we have to make this split decision and just go with what our gut tells us and just go with whatever decision we've taken. And I think it's the mental ability that we have to do that that transfers really well on the course 
Because, I mean, you get there and it's time to go and the uh, countdown goes and you start the course. And it's just we have this ability to shut out what's going on around and then just focus and just get get work done and make the decision that we take the decision we want and just go with it. And I think that's how it transfers really well with the course with Ninja Warrior. So your ability to improvise, make decisions on the fly, not think too much. Yeah. And not be stressed out over it. You know, you make a decision, you back it up, you just go. Yeah. You just go. You don't overthink. You don't come back on it. You take your decision and you go. And that's it. So let's talk about kind of the entirety of your athletic career for a second. Can you take us back to the worst, hardest or most difficult moment in your competitive journey, be it Ninja Warrior or otherwise? Actually, in my acrobatic stuff, my performing, I became a high diver, which um, I was afraid of heights. <laughs> well, that's an interesting place to go if you're scared of heights. Yeah. My very first contract that I did, I mean, when I say I, I performed and we dove and travel with our own portable tank. Um, it's a 10 foot deep pool, uh, 26 foot diameter. We build everything. We build our own scaffolding stage. We have springboards at about three meters. Um, then we have a tower. We build our ladder that goes all the way up to 80 feet. And we have about a, I'd say about a 25 foot platform. We have a 40 foot platform. And then we have the top platform that's about at 75, 80 feet. And um, the platforms are a foot by a foot. That's it. So my very first contract, I sat on the very first platform, which was like 25 feet. And I hugged that ladder as hard as I could. And I could barely like look down. So um, <laughs> I thought that's how it was going to end for me. I was like, oh, OK, obviously never going to dive higher than this. But my second contract, when I went back, um, I decided to just set my mind to it and become a high diver. And uh, yeah, I mean, I trained and made it to the top of that ladder. And I think that it was probably one of my hardest things to do is to actually like, cause we don't train the top. Like we don't just for the fun of it, Hey, I'm going to practice a high dive from 80 feet into this little bowl of water just for fun. So we climb the ladder and we make it to the last cable, which is about maybe 65, 70 feet. And then, then we have that top platform, which I'd never done. And the first time I did, it was in a show. So Surprise. yeah. Yeah. So to me, I think that was that was like one of the hardest obstacles I had to overcome because I was up there and I had all these people watching the show <laughs> and I kind of had no choice to go. Yeah, you can't really freeze. Oh, my God. No, exactly. So that was like probably one of my hardest moments is to actually like just commit and just go and just do it. And is that the most important thing you learn? It's, it's this whole less thinking, more doing philosophy? <laughs> <laughs> don't think about it just go <laughs> the more you think about it the more it messes with your head so you might as well just not think at all yeah you know I've learned through all of it though you know when I went through the academy I mean that was so hard physically and then through all the acrobatic stuff I mean just I've just learned to you know what just trust myself my instincts my body and just go with it yeah and that's a good thing to learn it translates in so many different ways it does okay so on the other side can you tell us about your most successful or favorite moment in your competitive journey uh yeah I'm gonna take it as I'm, I'm not sure I can consider as competitive, but it, I guess it was competitive for me and within me. Um, the day that I passed my final test in the academy, the fire academy, the fire academy was like one of the hardest things I have mentally or physically ever done um, in my life. I've done so many things where I've pushed a limit and I've pushed my body and I've gone to places where I thought that I'd pushed my body to its limit. But the fire academy took me to a whole different place that I mean, I, I struggled with it sometimes where I thought that I'd gotten myself in over my head that for the first time in my life, I wasn't sure I'd be able to complete something. And I'd never had that doubt ever in anything in my life. So the academy I struggled with because 
I mean, it's 16 weeks day in, day out. And I was 37 when I went through that academy. And most, most people are like, you know, in their 20s. A few guys are in their early 30s. But 37, I was the oldest person in my academy. And I was the only female. Well, we started out too, but I ended up being the only female. So it was like, it, it took its toll on my body. And I did not have as much control over what my body was responding to or doing because it just was so burnt out. So it took its toll on my body, which totally fell into my mental a lot. So on test day, when I finally put everything together and just sucked it up and just mentally dug deep and they came up to me at the end of my test day and said, congratulations, you passed. I think that was the best moment of my life. <laughs> I imagine how overwhelming that must have been. Like it was like, the best feeling and it just solidified like I had been working out and doing everything I could for the past seven years to get hired and then 16 weeks of just hell like the academy was hell so 16 weeks of that and then added up to them telling me I passed was like the best moment. That's awesome. And congratulations on that. I know it was several years ago, but you know, you. it's it clearly stands out. So, you know, it's a huge deal on, on a lot of levels. So congratulations on that. Thank you. You're welcome. So what types of unique challenges or maybe even benefits do you find you encounter as an older athlete training and competing at such a high level? Um, I think the t- challenges is knowing that I do have limits. You know, when I was young, I could do anything. Like I didn't care. I mean, the, the, The consequences of it were not as big as they are now. Like I can do the same things, but I pay the price for it a lot more. My body just hurts when I do stuff. I mean, I I haven't, it's not like I've sat and done nothing also my whole life. Like I've got my aches and pains and my injuries that I live with. So being my age and doing everything I do, I have to actually kind of listen to it. Like my body lets me know a lot more that I need a day off or I need to give it a break for certain things. And so I think that's like the hardest thing for me is to kind of accept that my body's changing and I just have to listen to it. And really getting that connection between the drive that you have, which may live at a younger level than you, you actually are. And, exactly. And then the body, which is at your own age, at your age currently, and probably, probably operating at a higher level than perhaps other people at the same age. But at the same time, you do need to be in tune with it and and respect it. Well, that's the thing, you know, and I, I tend to push my body a lot just because that's who I am and that's what I do. And it's just what I've always done. So I'm always pushing it always like even at work. I mean, you know, I'm 42 and I'm I'm a firefighter and I'm tiny. I'm five foot four. I'm like 128 pounds. So I have a lot, a lot of training, like physical training, like weight training and stuff like that, that I have to keep in order to be able to do my job. So just that training like takes its toll a lot on my body. And then doing all this ninja stuff is so much fun. So when I find myself in a gym with all these kids that are in their 20s and they're all bouncing off of stuff and hanging off of stuff and doing things, I'm like, yay, and I become a kid and I'm in the same zone they're at. I can't walk the next day. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. What have I done? You know, and it's just, it's just, yeah, my drive and my, like my excitement for all of it. And my head just doesn't realize sometimes, okay, you, you might have to tone it down just, just a little bit, you know, you are 42, not 20. So I'm starting to get that. Like I'm starting to get it. Like I'll, sometimes I'll sit out. I'll be like, ah, I can't do it today, guys. Sorry. (laughs) But it's still hard for me to kind of wrap my head around, but my body tells me, it's letting me know and I'm starting to listen to it a lot more. And I imagine as you continue to get older, you'll you'll be more in tune with that. Yeah. So what advice would you give to someone your age who watches American Ninja Warrior 
and thinks they'd love to do that because most of us watch and imagine ourselves out there, but they might be a bit intimidated or scared. What advice would you give those people? That they can do it, that there's no, there's no intimidation factor to it at all. Um, anybody can do it. It's a matter of it. A lot of it's mind over matter and dedication. I mean, you just got to go out there, have some fun, train, and you'll be able to do it. Anybody can do it. Age is really not a number. I mean, on Team Ninja Warrior, I mean, I'm competing a lot against a lot of these kids that are like 20 and I'm running a race next to them. And I mean, I'm beating some of them. They're beating me on some. But I mean, I'm a total equal to a lot of these 20 year olds, yeah. you know, so it's it's just a matter of training and loving what you do and having fun with it. And you won't even realize how old you are. And you're proof that there is no age limit to this type of competition. So I know people may view it as a young people's sport, but you're out there proving that it is not necessarily a young people's sport. No, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It's not. I don't think it is. I mean, obviously I can't put the same amount of hours in to train, but I also consider the fact that I'm older, I, I might be a little bit wiser. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a bit more wisdom beneath, you know, beneath my belt. So I'm like, maybe I train a bit better. I mean, I don't know, but it's just... Yeah. I mean, I can hold my own against any 20 year old out there and anybody can do that. Yeah. You have the wisdom to train smarter, not necessarily exactly. harder. And the and the kids don't always know that, but you'll learn eventually. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's awesome. So I imagine life as an elite athlete, a firefighter and a single mom can be busy, to say the least. I feel like that word does not do your life justice. Um, what advice would you give to fellow busy parents to help them stay active, if not competitive, if that's what they want? You know, um, I think you just, if it's what you want, you find the time. You really do. Like, uh, I mean, I'm always, I'm either at work or I'm driving kids around because I have two kids that are high competitive kids in their sports. So I'm always on the road driving and doing other things. But I mean, there's no reason. It doesn't take a lot of time to work out. You don't need four hours a day. You don't need three hours a day. You don't even need two hours a day. You know, I drive my kid to practice and while she's at practice, I'll find something. I'll either, you know, you can go for a run. You can find some kind of gym. You can find anything outside that you can play on and turn into a workout somehow. So there really is no excuse to not do something. Even even if you work an eight to five job and all you have is your lunch break, you can take 15 minutes and get some kind of um, calisthenic workout in. You know, you don't need weights to get into shape at all. You can do everything body weight, like you can use your own body for anything. And that's how I, you know, I work out weights only because I have to for the fire department, for my strength. But most of my workouts are all calisthenic or all body work, pull-ups, push-ups, uh, sit-ups, squats, lunges, everything's done with my own, own weight. So there's no excuse to not find like 15 minutes or 30 minutes in a day. Like it's doable. Even if you have to wake up like half hour earlier, it just changes everything too. It makes you feel so much better about yourself. It makes your head a lot clearer, just everything. And it just brightens up your days. It makes it so much better. Yeah. I love that advice. I love that you don't need too much time. You can find the time you just have to. And I tell people this cause I, I, I like to help people with habits and, and fitness. Finding time for fitness is something that I hear a lot. And it, mm-hmm. my advice that I like to give is, is write down your day. Write down everything you have to do and you will see the holes. The holes will appear 
appear yep. in front of you. And those holes may be short, like you said, 15 minutes at lunch, but they're there. And then you can do something, whether it's go for a walk, you know, anything. Yeah. And those 15 minutes are better than none. Exactly. You know, so and you add them up at the end of the week, you'll find out that you've worked out like so many hours or this much. And eventually you'll be like, oh, God, if I could find 15 minutes, I bet I can find 30, you know, and it's just and then it gets to be not an addiction, but it's just something you you start to enjoy and just something that doesn't become as much of a task anymore because you're like, oh, I can fit it in right now. It's quick. Yep. You know, so it doesn't become a task. A lot of people see it as a task. Oh, I got to work out. Oh, I got to like be healthy somehow or this or that. And it's not what it is. I mean, like I said, it just brightens your day. It makes you feel so much better. Your body feels better. Your head clears up. Like it changes a lot of things and just your energy as much as you think, oh my God, I'm going to get up a half hour earlier. How, how's that going to help my, my energy? I'm going to be tired. It totally doesn't have that effect. It really does brighten up everything and make you feel so much better. And when people can understand that, they'll start putting in those 15 minutes. And then after putting in 15 minutes after a while, they'll start seeing a pattern and be like, oh my God. And it just falls into place after a while, but you have to start somewhere. And if 15 minutes is all you have, then just take 15 minutes. Yeah. Could not agree with you more. And it feels good to feel good, you know, and, and you, you know, you made such a good point about people view it as a chore or a task or something they have to do or something they should do. But when you notice how it affects you, how it feels good to feel good and when we feel good, we want to feel good more. So then, then yeah, you find the time and you get up early enough, you're going to get used to getting up early and it won't be so hard anymore. You know, it'll affect every other aspect of your life. You know, you'll, you'll, without even noticing, you'll change your eating habits. You know, you'll change all these little things. So you're like, Oh, I feel so good. You know, maybe I'll just have this, you know, and everything just changes and just, it brightens everything up and turns everything into a positive. Yep. You just have to start somewhere. Yep. And the next thing you know, you're sending a submission video for American Ninja Warrior. Exactly. (laughs) Do you have any idea when we might expect to see you on American Ninja Warrior this summer? Um, I think it starts airing June 12th. And normally they start with LA region on TV. So we should be the first or second episode. Probably. Yeah. Okay. That's my guess. So keep an eye out for that. Set your TiVos or watch live. And uh, before we end our discussion today, do you have one parting piece of wisdom that you've learned in your competitive journey that you'd like to share with our listeners? At the risk of sounding really repetitive, um, you never fail when you compete. There's no failure in competition. There's learning experiences and just growing and just, I'm not sure how to explain it. There's just no failure. You know, everything's a positive. You get out there and you put yourself out there and uh, you enjoy what you're doing. You're going to influence somebody in some way. You're going to touch somebody's life. You're going to touch your own life. You're doing something positive out there. So never see anything as a failure when you're out there competing. Yeah. The, The only failure is not trying. Exactly. Awesome. So if people want to follow you on social media to see what awesome, crazy, badass things that you're up to, (laughs) where can they find you? Well, they can find me on Instagram, um, Snapchat or Twitter or even Facebook. I have an athletes page on Facebook. Um, They just have to uh, look up my name, Selena Laniel, and I'm pretty sure everything will just pop up. Okay. And your Instagram handle, is that your name or is it something else? I think it might be S and then my last name, S. Laniel. And I'll put all of that into the show notes as well. So if people want to follow you, they can go to the show notes and 
and learn more about you and cheer you on uh, when you're on American Ninja Warrior this summer, uh, debuting June 12th on NBC. Yay! Yay! So, Selena, Yay. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the seasoned athlete. Oh, my God. Thank you. Um, I'm an American Ninja Warrior fan. I get super excited anytime I see an older athlete killing it on the course. So please count me in as a member of your fan club, and I can't wait to see you compete in Season 9. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from bensound.com. If Selena's stories about her life as a ninja warrior got you kind of interested in trying out some obstacles for yourself, I have something you might be interested in. Go on over to seasonedathlete.me and check out the free download available on the homepage. It's called A Beginner's Guide to Obstacle Racing. It's a 23-page guide chock full of tips and advice about how to get started in obstacle racing. And like I mentioned in the interview, it's kind of a sister sport to the world of Ninja Warrior. So that's available on seasonedathlete.me and it's absolutely free. Check us out on social, Seasoned Athlete Podcast on Facebook and on Instagram. And do you know any super awesome seasoned athletes who would make perfect guests for the show? Send us an email to seasonedathlete at gmail.com and tell us all about them. Now go forth and embrace your extraordinary seasoned athletes because you know what? You so can. 